Are you excited this morning? Well, this is, is this the last Sunday in April? Help us, Jesus. We close to, yeah, next, next Sunday it's the first, isn't it? Okay, some are. Today. The last Sunday we hear from the professor. She's right. The last Sunday is today. Now imagine we are speaking about yielding. Here I am. Now what great words that and powerful messages that went out. Now this morning I'm going to conclude and see how far we get. Because we're going to speak about yielding again. And there's a difference between being committed. I had a lot of people tell me, I'm so committed. But there's a difference being committed or yielding or surrendered. Two different things. When you are committed, you are still in control. Help me, somebody. But when you are surrendered, you're not in control. Now, we as human beings hate the word to be out of control because we want to be in control. <laughs> and when you are in control, you are on your own. Now, Jesus went to Gethsemane and he starts shedding blood. And we know there's seven places. And I think Lonzel did an extremely phenomenal job and all the speakers on the places where Jesus shed blood. And he's in the garden of Gethsemane. And he start praying that his sweat turn into blood. And what did he pray? Not my will, but your will be done. Now that's a powerful, mouthful thing to say unto God, not my will. Say, not my will, but God's will. Now that means I hand over. And to hand over is one of the things we battle with in this life. Because the word... Commitment, listen, came in the 60s in the Christian world when they translate uh, certain translations and they went from surrender to commitment. And uh, now, now the thing what we have discovered is that when we speak about surrender and not commitment, the definition of surrender is this, to give up possession. Somebody gave me an Audi Quadro V8 last year. You know, one of these fancy cars. You press a button, the roof opens, and you press another thing, and things come up, and all kinds of... It's a very fancy car, but it's an eight-cylinder V8. And uh, I was driving. I just need a big golden chain and a hat that I can look like a Mexican drug lord in the thing. And then I was flying to America last year and in November and I asked a family in the church because this car needs to be started and, and uh, taken care of. And I know Lanzell and JJ is going to be so busy they will not be able to do it. So I asked a family in the church to look after the car for me. And I took them there and they took the car and they say, oh, we Audi fans and we love this and this is a dream car and all the stuff they talk. I mean, it's a fancy manier. So I flew back from America and I picked up COVID and uh, the day before Christmas I came out and uh, the first service I came here, I had a battle with the Lord in my heart about the Squadru V8 Audi, I heard, it's not your car anymore. I said, devil, I tell you, you're not going to imitate the voice of the Lord here in my ear. So during the service, busy preaching, and the next moment I said to the family, because I couldn't take it anymore, I said, the car is yours. Now that's handover. And the moment when I hand over, I think we gave away as a family 38 vehicles. And uh, when I hand over, it means 
They were committed first to look after the thing, but now they are the owners of it because I had to surrender the scar. Come on, somebody help me. And, and this is the most phenomenal thing because it's to give up possession of something to relinquish possession or control of something. It's unconditional submission. Because with a commitment, couples commit to each other in front of the altar and say, till for better for worse, for till death do depart. And then after a time, things start happening. And then you hear the couple separated and he will say, I was so committed to her. Yeah, but you were not surrendered. There's a difference. Because commitment takes you in a limitation. Because you have a way out. And it's the same with us, with God. Because if I am committed, you're committed to a, a work. And they give you a golden watch after 30, 40 years. And, uh, but during processes of that time, when somebody offered you one rand more an hour, you will let go of that commitment to take on the other one because you were not surrendered to your job. And it's the same with God, same with the house of God. Now, we have limited time. Turn to somebody and say, Ach, here, lang asem is alweer hier. And uh, how long is it going to take this morning? Now, eh, it's an act of willing submission to authority. It's uh, to hand over, to give up a fight. It's an act of declaring defeat at the hands of an opponent. And that's why God asked us for surrender. Give me your heart. If, uh, if somebody possess your heart, he possess your wallet, he possess your mind, whoever was madly in love. And all what you could think is that person. You didn't care money or no money. You know, you buy that Turkish delight and you buy that chocolate. And at Valentine's Day, you even stole somebody's red rose, what he bought for his wife, to give it to your girlfriend. You didn't care, pay the price for the consequences of your action because you were surrendered to something. And this is what God was asking the whole time. Now, that, that, that this is an important thing to understand because Jesus said we must be his disciples. Come on, somebody. And we are Jesus' true disciples by yielding to God to live in the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. But the scripture we're going to put up this morning is in Romans chapter 8, 29. I'm going to read it from the Living Bible. Because what is happening, I can live my life without a purpose. Or I can learn. And that's why we go to services. That's why we enroll in the JD12 and in life classes and go to the school of leaders. There's the whole vision of what we believe. Every believer is a leader. Why will you keep on being a follower while you can be a leader and become a leader of leaders? And this is important because when Paul was addressing the Christians, he says, for from the very beginning, God decide. See, there's a difference when I decide. But when God decide, the one who knows the end from the beginning, he knows how the story is going to end. That's why people tell me I have no hope for South Africa. Throw up their hands because I don't read South Africa in the book of Revelation. I said there's other nations not in the book of Revelation. Stop throwing your hands in the air. I have hope for the nation because you are here this morning. And it says God decide. That those who came to him, 
And all along he knew who would should become like Michael Jackson, Dolly Parton. No. You see, people have all these people that they idolize and it's heroes and but the, for the Christian, it's that, and that's in the Bible, that should become like his son, Jesus. So that his son would be the first. Say God first. Not my job, not my wife, not my husband, not my children, not my business, not my career, not my hobbies. God wants to be first in everything so that he would, the son would be first with many brothers. Now, that's a mouthful because Paul was also addressing the Christians in the church of Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15 in the message translation. It says, God wants us to grow up. Turn to somebody say, you need to grow up spiritually because it doesn't help I am a mature man on the outside but I'm a baby on the inside so on the outside people see you walk with your Zara clothes and young designers and Donna Claire and Edgars and and uh, what's there more AC Kermans that's Ackermans. I asked somebody in America, where did you buy that? He said, from Target. Man, that's a stupid shop. It's, its name is Target. I bought it from Target. And he did Target. And I thought, where is this exclusive shop? You see, and then I found out it's Target. It sells clothes and groceries and fried chicken and perfume and medicine, but from Target. Now, if you come here in the natural and everybody, but why do I look in the spirit? You see, a lot of people serve God for years, but they never grew up to maturity. They still have their crochet pom-poms on, a big diaper, and they have a pacifier that's a dummy. So they walk in the natural, but in the spirit when people see, they look like this. And that's why the church world are in trouble. Man's church is in trouble, not God's church. And God desire us to grow up because you have a commission in this life. You will work the works of Jesus and you will do greater works. Say greater works. That's what Jesus said. He said, you will lay your hands on the sick and God will heal them. I told you when I came back from America, this lady was on her four by four, that little thingy she pushed. We had a great miracle in Pretoria also with that. And she was doing the stickle shuffle with her four by four. That's that thing on the four wheels that you can sit also and it's got to break. And the power of God hit her. Pastor Brenda will have sent me there. She said, and that lady is still walking and still healed. I've seen miracles happen on this past weekend. My word, supernatural, that only God can do. But family, because Jesus said you can do it. Now, if I don't grow up, God's going to throw up. Because I stay lukewarm in between. And nobody likes lukewarm stuff. And that's just how God described our relationship with uh, him. He said, only on three levels, he said, you either ought or you look warm or you're cold. But would you rather be hot or cold? But now that you are lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. That's in the Bible. And lukewarm Christianity is not going to change a nation. It's the people on fire for the Messiah. 
That's going to do it. Come on, somebody. Because he says in Ephesians 4.15, message translation, God wants us to grow up like Christ in everything. Now, now the question is this morning, what we ask like Christ, we take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. Hallelujah. <laughs> Say, God wants me to grow up, to know the whole truth, and tell it in love. That's what God wants you to be. Well, I'm a Christian. Yeah, you can be a dangerous one. And I've met dangerous Christians. When you see them, you want to pull out a cross and get garlic around your neck and say, get behind me, Satan. But it's when you grow up to maturity. And this is the thing. What it means to follow Jesus. What does it mean? Because everybody is a Christian in the world. South Africa, 85%. You can Google it right now. Is Christians in this nation. But the nation has never been in trouble like we've seen now. Come on, church. Somebody told me this past week, I met with the pastor. He said they were busy having communion. The next moment, a lady came in and she said, stop with your traditions. And she took all the wine and all the bread and threw it in a bucket and said, stop this. I heard of a church. If you go there, they give you uh, grapes. That replace the wine. So everybody is eating grapes during the communion. We are in trouble. And we don't realize it. Because it's a kumbaya session. That's why the communists said many years ago, we'll take South Africa without shooting one shot. We'll put them asleep in Christianity. They said without shooting one shot, they say, we'll lukewarm the gospel, and feed them until they're so weak that we will take over without shooting one shot. And here we are on the face of the earth to be salt and light, to change the world. Now, what does it mean? <laughs> By word, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9, 9, New Living Translation, as Jesus was going down the road, he saw Matthew sitting at the tax collection booth. And listen what Jesus said. Come. Do you see the word there? Come. Is the word come there? Okay. Follow me. But the other translation says, Come and be my disciple. What's a disciple? A disciple is a learner. Somebody that learns to become. That's why scripture says, and I had people tell me, I will go to no school. I have the Holy Spirit to lead me and teach me. Read it in context. That same one that said that, he said, study to show thyself approved. Because the devil knows if he can keep, there's no medicine for stupidity. You can take a grandpa, a grandma, and a pipi or pipis. What, what's that? Pipi, what's a what's puer? What powder? They, they, there's no medicine for stupidity. And the enemy know as long as he keep us in a way that we don't think. He will put you in a prison in your mind without bars. That's why I need three things. I need a model. My model is Jesus. I need a mentor, somebody that follows Jesus that can teach me. Then I need followers. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And then you will have a small group of friends when you become a follower because not everybody likes people who are serious with God. Donkey Tony Lewis. Listen, this is the thing. What does it mean? He says, come be my disciple, Jesus said. So Matthew got up 
and followed him. Pastor Yaku had a demonstration. The scripture says they immediately leave their nets. They didn't say, Lord, let me first do my hair appoint, and I've got an appointment with the family, and let me first work out my pension. And they said immediately, they left the notes, uh, they left the nets and followed him. You see, they, they realized they couldn't drag with them the past, what they were used to. They need to have a transformation because Jesus called them and used the example what they know about fishing. And he said, I'll make you fishers of men. Now Jesus asked the same today for us. I want to make you fishers of men. I want to use you. He chose us above angels. And I told you, angels hearken. Psalm 103 says, they hearken immediately to the voice of God. We want five Googles, three confirmations. Let the rainbow shine now over my house, then I know it's you, God. No. The scripture already declare it. He wants you. He calls you. And to be a disciple means this morning, and I'm going to give the six things. See, maybe we do one or two. Number one, I must spend time and redeem time with the Lord. Your outward public anointing must never exceed your personal relationship with God. That's why we have all these master actors and all these people. But they have no relationship with God. Help me somebody. So to be a disciple, you think about it. You're married and you just come home every nine months to make a baby. Is your wife going to be happy with you? Nope. She just come home when she feels like it. And you say, we have a perfect marriage. No. And you on the phone, where does my wife sleep tonight? She never came home. She never cooked the food or whatever, or he cooks or whatever. And it's the same with Jesus. It's not a Sunday thing. Oh, Sunday we go to Kerke, Churchy. Churchy, we're going to Churchy. We're going to sing three hymns and two hers. The hymns are the fast ones and the hers are the slow ones. No, people. Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus is to shine as the light, to be the salt of the earth. And this is why, because Jesus said in John chapter 12, 26, New Living Translation, if you want to be my disciple, you must come and follow me. Wow. That's the guarantee. You must come follow me. Listen, because my servants must be where I am. Now that scripture is going to give you a few things to understand this morning. He says, and if they follow me, the Father will honor them. People wonder why they're not honored by God. Maybe you have never made that decision to truly follow him as his disciple. Well, I'm just Christian. I'm going through the life. And uh, years ago, Werner's brother, he had a lot of doves when we were children. And there was a poison. Dear, dear, dear. Now they throw it on the floor and when the doves start, because for lice or whatever. Now that word, dear, 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 stands for Now don't try to say it because you, it sounds like we're going to swear. And we have a lot of dear, dear, dear Christians. That's all when you see them. Weddings. Cannot translate that. But this is the, the key word that Jesus, because he's your perfect model. 
And that's the only guarantee you have in this life. I've seen too many people died during the COVID. Come on, people. This is the thing. There's three th facts because what Jesus was saying, he said, I want you to grow up. That's why we invite the community next Sunday and say, come and see. You have a green paper to invite somebody. Be our VIP guest. Then we, we pull them out of the community into the crowd. And that's what Jesus said. He said to the crowd, to some people, follow me. Most follow him for what? The miracles and signs and when he was feeding the hungry. But there was surely serious people made a quality decision to follow Jesus. And then we pull people out of the crowd into the family of God. This is a family, a congregation. That's a family. Say, this is my family. Because your family is going to outlive your natural family, your spiritual family. And you're going to spend eternity with your spiritual family. And if your family is serve God, they're also your spiritual family. We're going to spend eternity with them. And that's what, what Jesus' whole thing was. Because and then he had a, a core group. Because in the congregation, what Jesus did, he says, be part of a family. You can never make it on your own. It's a proven fact. How more people isolate themselves as believers, they move from relationship into religion. And you can never separate because scripture says, he who separates himself, listen, seeks his own interest. Then the Bible described him as a fool. And then he said he becomes wicked. Proverbs says that. So God calls us to be somebody on the face of the earth and all believers that believes in Jesus, that's your family. We have a big family. Come on, people. Because the core group are the ones and say, okay, now you were in the community, you came and see. Now you follow Jesus. Now you are part of the family. Now you come and serve. Because greatness comes through serving. I don't need, and I preach in big churches, small churches, and known churches, I don't need bodyguards, I don't need a special seat, I don't need uh, special treatment, I can eat with the congregation out of a st styrofoam, what do you call it, styrofoam, little bucky, that doesn't do anything on my dignity, it doesn't change who I am. Because my identity is not in my title, not in my gifting, not how charismania I can be, not, not, not who I'm connected to. My identity is in Jesus. I'm just a servant. I told you I was flying uh, first class. They up, bumped me up because they messed the flights up from America and they bumped me up from Atlanta to Dubai. So I did a detour. First class, the French champagne is there everywhere, and you eat fancy. No, I didn't took champagne, but the guy next to me, he was on communion that whole flight. And later on, now he's not registering. He's he look at me like. What you do for a living? And I thought, I'm not going to get in this now to say ministry. I said, I'm a learner. And he looked at me. He said, how old are you? At your age, you're still learning. Because I thought I know a lot. And then I discovered when the revival hit this ministry in 2013, I really don't know much. So I'm a learner. And this is what disciples are. They're learners. 
because to be a disciple, I must spend time with the Lord. Good morning, Holy Spirit. I said in the morning, oh, Lord, this was a phenomenal. Glad I'm getting up, even if my body said, don't get up, sleep more. I said, body, you're in trouble. I'm going to put you under a very cold shower. Then my, because I don't like nothing about cold. Then my body jumps out automatically, and I am as ready as can be. Family, because three facts about what Jesus said. If you want to be my disciple, you must come. Now, if you have a Bible, make circle. I will not tell the Dominey or the Catholic father or your pastor that you made a circle around the word come because that means he wants me to grow and learn from him. To be an on-the-job trainer. Listen, <laughs> now, now spiritual growth because this is what it's about. There's three facts about spiritual growth. Number one, it's a choice. Your life is made out of choices, not only changes. I was sharing, now you must understand how conservative the people was when I was, and I was sharing the story. Years ago, we had a, I had a couple that were married for many years, and they made appointment with me. And when the man walked in, I know there was trouble in paradise. Because suddenly he's got this fancy hairstyle. He's got a white outfit on. And the shirt is buttoned open till here. And hair came out. He's got a big golden chain around his neck. And he had even white shoes on. And I know he has trouble. And she looks like she always looked out of the four-tracker monument. And I thought, and they have trouble. And then, I think he was about 69, 70. And uh, they start telling me about the marriage problems. And then he said, well, I was at that certain place and this young bookie, she impressed me so much because I keep looking at the old bag and I thought if I was her, I would poison him slowly. No, I didn't think that. And he was raving and she was telling all and she said, tell him about your girlfriend. Tell him about that young. And I don't want to use the word a female dog. And so you get the picture. And I said, I don't know how to handle this situation. And he told me they're going to get a divorce and he's moving in with this girl. Now, they were committed Christians, but not surrendered. And at the end, I said to her, be at peace. She said, how can I be at peace? We married 40, how many years? I said, he's going to die. Now she got a shock. I don't want him dead. I want him for myself. I said, no. At this age, you're not wired. Your water system and your heart is not at the age 69, 70 mint for a 23 and a 25. And she got a grin on her face. I said, just make sure. He says that the will is in order. Now, I never cursed him. I don't curse people. I got this phone call. And she cried. She said, he's gone. He died. Just before the final divorce thing. I said, accident. She said, no. In the girlfriend's bed. I don't want to say what happened. But the speedometer was at 99.9. .9, and he had a heart attack and he died. Now, I didn't say any ugly thing. She said, you are a true prophet of God. She said, I inherit everything. I said, no, that's not prophecy. That's logic. 
I said, because at this age, oh my word, you're not wired for action like that. You see, it's a choice. Life is made out of choices. To grow spiritually, I must make a choice. Ten children will be born on December the 25th this year. And in 20 years' time, when you look at the history of that ten children, some will be in university, some will be dropped out, some will be drug addicts, some will be nowhere in life, live under a bridge. And everybody had the same ability, but it's because of choices we make in life. Come on, somebody. I am the choice today of what, or the product today of a choice I've made years ago. And that's why God wants you to make the right choices. Say the right choices. That's the good exceedingly abundantly above my word what God wants to manifest. And that's Romans chapter 12. Paul addressed the Christians and he says, the only way how you can make the right choices is by renewing your mind according to what the word of God is saying. Because it's a choice. That's what Jesus was explaining. He says, if you want to be you must follow me. Follow Jesus. That's the choice we make. Nobody force you to serve God. Now, we come out of a generation of Dutch Reformed Germanies, and then my father rebelled, and he went to the New Apostolics, and he was a preacher there. And uh, uh, Nikki, the queen, she'll be gone close to a year in the next week. And uh, she was nine years old, and Letitia, her sister, we were in school, and she invited me to this home meeting. Now, we never know about, charis the charismatics didn't exist then, Pentecostals. It was like a no-no word. We went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights. My dad was out. My mother sang in the choir, and they were two-by-twos. My mother called them two-by-twos. What they went to, knock on doors. So at this meeting, I heard the Pentecostals and I was invited and the pastor had no teeth in his mouth and he loved kissing everybody, but he sucks your lips like a green, clean, vacuum clean machine. Like, you know, as a child at 13, you, you go like this. And uh, she had a big bun, no makeup. And he grew out here out of a mole. And I said, she wear that stockings that you draw with the pencil here. And I thought, dear Jesus, where am I in now? So they were singing the first song I ever heard in Pentecostal circles were, Oh Calvary, it was for me in Afrikaans with Hochwitta. And then they speak in tongues. We didn't know about that, and you know my personality. And they go, I said, banana, banana, banana. Then Letitia go like this, and then they say, I said, po, 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 po. And my, the pastor's wife heard it. And she stood up, and she got me in a Nelson behind my neck, and she pushed me in the floor on my knees. And she said, do you know Jesus? I don't know what she was talking about. I was religious. I said, I go to church. She said, I'm not asking if you go to church. Do you know Jesus? You're going to hell. I started crying. I said, I don't want to go to hell. She said, pray this prayer. But she got me. I mean, she got me. And I was skinny. I got a picture when I was that age. I said, let me hide it. And she got me on that Nelson. Say, Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner. And she led me to the Lord, and something happened in here. That was 53 years ago. At night that I accepted the Lord, I thought the Gestapo has got hold of me. She must come out of the concentration camps from Hitler or somewhere because she got you. And she was so serious about that. And she didn't let go of me until I said, Amen. <clears throat> So I was on full speed when I prayed that prayer. 
But that night I realized I had a choice. Can I carry on as we carry on? Or do I'm going to make a difference? Now you can grow old, I said in the beginning, without being mature. I counsel a lot of couples, then she said, he never grew up. Because growing up is that process where I make a choice to decide. And that's the whole thing about Jesus. That's the whole thing about the New Testament. He says, grow up, come to maturity. You must be grow up. Grown ups doesn't make the choices that young people make. When my children were little and then heaters were there, and you say, don't touch that heater bar, the element. And they, they look at you in the face and they move backwards to put their finger in. I say, don't touch it. You're going to get burned. Don't do it. And the next moment they put their finger in. Ah, they cry. Because now a lot of mature people are like that. It was a choice. God sees you as a mighty, mean, fighting machine, a world changer, a history maker. You're going to shake planet Earth. Come on, people. And it's going to happen when I feed myself. That's why the three things we spoke on the previous weeks, that you need to feed your mind, free your mind from destructive thoughts, and then focus your mind. Your propaganda Wave number five is coming. And you immediately see the Christians back off. But the restaurants are packed. I went to an art show yesterday in Rondebosch. Guess where's the longest lines where they sell coffee? I was in the, in the flights that I took. Social distance in the airways is... a. Uh, hoax you know that seats is quite small that flight is packed to capacity now I never sit in the middle seat because I refuse to be a hot dog because you sometimes get people sitting on both of you the buns and then you the little vorsi sitting here in the middle I refuse so I sit on the aisle seat but it's packed to capacity there's not one seat and the moment when we have to get out of the flight, they say, remember social distance. Keep your masks on. How we got out of, embarked out of this flight is one row at a time because of COVID. And I think, who are you fooling? You see, this is the thing. What you free your mind from their destructive thoughts, bad experiences out of the past. Oh, he hurt me, she hurt me, that one is a bad. You need to free your mind by feeding it with the truth of the word. And what we share here is the truth because don't just eat everything you hear up for sweet cake. Make sure it's in the Bible. Because it... Say, are you finished now? Get the musicians to come. Because spiritual growth is about surrender. Commitment surrender. You cannot be a part-time Christian fighting a full-time devil. You cannot. It's not a part-time business. Let 2022 be the year to grow, hallelujah, to make a quality decision, to say, I am not only be committed, but I am committed in surrender, hallelujah. I surrender myself unto Jesus. And when you surrender yourself, you will experience growth is going to happen. Because growth happened by yielding and surrender. Now, now we all, I'm a diet fundi. There's not a diet that I've never tried. I bought keto one tablets in America now. And man. And we 
when you drink it, you feel horrible. Now, try all these diets and stuff. I need to get a fish hook in my mouth and just liquid things, you know? Because that doesn't work. We want a quick fix. There's no quick fixes. We cannot microwave Christianity. It's not going to do it. You are here to let his kingdom come. As it is in heaven, let God's kingdom manifest through your life. And that can only happen where I decide on the ground. Okay, now, here I go to the gym and I've got membership all over South Africa. That special membership with Virgin Active. And when I'm there, I'm the only virgin there. Okay, some of you got it. You'll get it later. Just testing if you're awake. I don't say any bad thing. That's the, that's, that's the thing's name. Virgin Active. So Saturday mornings I went to the... I normally go to this classes where they... What do they call that classes? Aerobics. But that Sunday when I went... I thought, there's so many people. I battle first to get a parking near Tiger Valley. Now there's so many people. And they sit there because it's glass windows that you look through. So I sneak in while the class was busy. And then the lady told them, there's a latecomer. And I thought, okay. So they do all these things, you know, the steps and... But they, in another place, you know, and at my age, you know, you need Duracell batteries, not ever ready. And then she said, come on. And she was going on. But I saw the people were laughing through the window. Because I look and I wonder what's happening. Because I couldn't keep up. If she said left foot, I'm with my right foot. And if she said right, I'm with my left. And you know, they do these things on them. Then they put. And then I heard, she suddenly said, come on for this national championships this morning that we do. And we're looking for the, when I heard national championships. Now I had a little towel. I put it around my head, my eyes. I look very, and I slide out of that thing. And the people say, ha, 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 you are funny. You made this championship this morning. We could laugh. And I thought, they're never going to see me ever again in a normal aerobic class. Fat or not fat, I don't care. But this is the thing. If you want to be what you desire to be, it's going to cost commitment. Surrender. Hand over. My time is not my time. It's God's time. My money is not my money. It's God's money. What we have is not ours. It's by grace. You think it's yours. You'll be amazed what happens to stuff. So what's the facts about spiritual growth? What Jesus said. If you want to be my disciple, you must come and follow me. Because my servants must be where I am. That's in relationship. And if they follow me, if they grow, my Father will honor them. Because spiritual growth is a choice. It will cost surrender and it's going to be a relationship. I have a relationship with God but also with you as the family. Listen people, now closing Mark chapter 3, 14 message translation. Jesus said the plan was that they would be with him and then he would send them out to proclaim the word 
He settled on 12, chose 12 people, discipleship. Designated them as apostles. The plan was that they would be with him and he would send them out to proclaim the word. Why? Jesus knew he had only three and a half years to impact. So what is important, we've heard it many times. Say my identity. You are what the word says you are. Not somebody's opinion. I can and want to be only what the word says I can be. I'm a lover of God. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus. A disciple of Jesus, a follower of Christ. That's what I want to be. Because it's not the church name. And who's the preacher? First Jesus. The Holy Spirit function is to lead me and guide me in all the truth. A partial truth. I know the Bible said, a lady phoned me. She said, but God told me something different. Oh, measure it with the word. You're too important. You're too valuable. He chose you above heavenly beings to impact the world. Within a minute, they're going to baptize. We're going to pray. And this is a great testimony that you see here this morning. They've been baptizing. Son, what's your name? Joshua, ex-Muslim. Yeah. See, this is what God's doing. Come on, people. God is doing the most phenomenal things. God wants you to yield. Say, Jesus, I'm not going to be only in commitment. I am in surrender. I hand over my everything so that I can be that disciple that follow you. Use me, O oh God, that the sick will be healed, devils will be casted out, the dead will be raised. Hallelujah. You will speak in new tongues. I will work the works of Jesus and greater works. And if you're that person this morning to say, I have come, I decide to grow as a giant in the Lord because what you will find with Jesus' whole ministry it was by this shall all men know you are my disciples by your love he showed and demonstrated his love and a disciple who said I surrender will be a person that demonstrate that love of Jesus if that's you that say I move from wherever I am to the point of surrender this morning to love him to decide to grow up and we must keep on growing there's never the moment when you stop growing you stop living and when you stop living you start dying but to grow in that maturity that supernatural things is going to happen through you on the face of the earth and if you're that person every viewer if that's your choice this morning I want you to let us know if you're here in this audience and you say this morning first if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior as your personal Lord and Savior I want to pray with you anybody that doesn't know Jesus I'm not asking if you're a church member a church goer Whatever I ask, you know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Lord means ruler over my life. Lord means I have an identity in Him. Because it's identity, it's my purpose and then time. Time is against us. In 14 years, I'll be 80. That's scary. You say, why 14 years? Because to think, when at this age, you need to accomplish a lot. Well, Miss Jean is in the 80s and she's still going. But we have a responsibility. Hallelujah. 
Don't worry, they're not going to bury. That's a, a water baptism that's going to happen. Let's stand up if you say, I surrender this morning. And I want to encourage you, baptism is part of the word. <laughs> Repent and be baptized. And this morning they're going to baptize this young person. Phenomenal. We had so many baptisms that's happening. We glowed all they baptized this morning. But let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I have heard the word of the Lord this morning. And I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. I decide this morning a life of surrender. I let go of my will so that your will can come. I let go of my kingdom so that your kingdom can come in and through me right now in the name of Jesus, the living Christ. And I say thank you, Lord. Will you turn to somebody, maybe you've never prayed with a person. If there's somebody sick, you need a miracle in your body, come. People can pray with you. If you need a breakthrough in any area of your life, quickly come, quickly come. Otherwise, pray with somebody right now. Lay your hands on somebody and start praying. Listen, Bobway, you need a miracle. The first night when she came, pastors come and help me pray. The first night when she came, remember I called her out, it was you. And I told you about the witchcraft and stuff. And she said she needs deliverance now from ancestor spirits. I command this devil to go. I break this bondage over her life right now. I pray the divine favor. She wants to go to Australia and she needs the favor, the bursary. But we first break this thing over her. Leave her right now in Jesus' name. I speak life and resurrection power over her. In Jesus' name. Loose her. Loose her. Right now in Jesus' name. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. The devil's manifest there in Jesus' name. What are we praying? Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I've seen many miracles happen. Come on, people, agree with me. He needs a miracle. I thank you for this miracle of healing. I've seen the miraculous happen of a lady out of the 90s this past weekend. She had a condition, and she moved out of her condition into her position. And I say, neck, in the name of Jesus, be healed. In the shoulders, right now, I speak life and life in abundance in Jesus name I pray for this baby let no virus no cold get hold of him in Jesus name we speak the life of God touch this young man in Jesus name we pray Amen by a beater we don't want the beater we want it healed complete healed in Jesus name every pain go right now goes there it goes in Jesus name amen yes amen amen who yeah. fool thy neck yes heal come on people let's give the Lord a hand this morning I've seen many miracles like this happened in the name of Jesus and we thank you father Thank you, Jesus. Does she have cancer? Father, we cancel it and we pray for the Cancer, you have no authority and dominion. Come on, people. In the mighty name of Jesus, the living Christ. Yes, we say, loose her right now. We command this rebellious cells in this body to die in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Are you blessed this morning? Say, I am in surrender, not in commitment. 
because I surrender unto the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Give this young man a God bless you. And Brother Ashley who took on that hot water. Give them a God bless you this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. Proud of you, son. Proud of you. Hallelujah. Isn't that phenomenal? God starts saving Muslims and people. And hallelujah. We're going to thank the Lord for this mighty morning. 6 p.m. tonight. And don't miss it. Come early for a seat. And we do live broadcast. And bring the sick. Bring the oppressed. Bring whoever you can. And Jesus will set them free. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's ask our grandson to come and pray. Come and pray. Thank you. Father, we just thank you for the word tonight, Father, or for today, this morning, God. And we thank you, God, that we're going to spend time in your presence, God. We thank you, God, that as we leave this place, God, we leave built up, encouraged, God, the new strength, God, to just go forth, God, and be disciples of Jesus. We thank you, God, that as we leave here, we know that we are leaving and we are entering our mission field, God. And we pray your blessing over the church, over every family. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.